we spoke to uh, new Vancouver Mayor Ken Sim on this uh, confidential report that was commissioned by the Vancouver Police Department, which suggests more than $5 billion is being spent every year on the city's social safety net. Uh, and the general theme of that uh, report that it basically says that no one is responsible for overseeing Vancouver's uh, social services sector in a uh, centralized manner. So many of the services service providers operate in a sort of separate silos. Um, uh, the report uh, in its summary says that $5.1 billion was spent uh, in the social, with the social safety net in 2020, equating to about $7,200 per Vancouver resident or $14 million dollars per day. It says that those programs were administered by four separate City of Vancouver departments and six provincial ministries um, in, in regards to the city's social safety net. And that all of them, of course, were talking to each other. Now, uh, Mayor Sim did say that he would they would look into it, look at what's re- right, what's what's actually real. Uh, but many have been skeptical also about the report. And I wanted to chat with a variety of people on this issue. Joining me now is Pete Fry, Vancouver City Councillor uh, here in the City of Vancouver. Vancouver. Uh, Councillor Fry, thank you for joining us. Hi, Jazz. Happy to be here. All right. So first of all, your reaction to this report. I know we've only seen one news report on this so far from Ramina Dea. Uh, my understanding is the city of Vancouver will be holding a press conference tomorrow to elaborate a little bit more on this report. I don't know how much more information, new information they'll be providing. But your thoughts on all of this, first and foremost, that of the $5 billion social safety net for the city of Vancouver. Yeah. Now, I'm I'm not aware that it's the city of Vancouver holding a press conference tomorrow. I think it might. No, be it's the, Vancouver Police Department, to my understanding. Oh, okay. So, yeah. so that is that is separate. It's sort of separately governed. Yes. Uh, with its own police board, and they they in fact commissioned this report. So, um, like Mayor Sim, I'm assuming I haven't had the benefit of seeing this report at all. So, ironically, for a, a report that calls for more accountability and transparency, and I understand this is a few months old already. Uh, there's been no accountability and transparency in this report. Frankly, $5.1 billion for the city of Vancouver's social safety is is incomprehensible uh, simply because we just don't work with that kind of a budget. Um, and I, I will note that I think the Global Report talked about this as a 2020 figure. So I'm going to I'm gonna hazard a guess that uh, with those kind of numbers, they're probably including CERB payments from the federal government and, mm-hmm. and a, a number of provincial and federal inputs because we just don't have those kind of dollars that we play with at the city of Vancouver. Mm-hmm. And did so the when report... we talked about $5.1 billion, I, I, I'd be very, I, I did try and look for more information on, on these folks. And it, it is a, it is a, a service organization. It's a, it's, it's sorry, not an organization. It's a for-profit service that does data analytics uh, and encourages social service agencies to input information about, about their products. And in turn, uh, governments and media and, and, analysts can subscribe to their service. So there's a lot to this that doesn't quite pass the sniff test as far as the accuracy of, of how this is being framed. Mm-hmm. And that's one of the reasons I wanted to have you on the show. They, they did say that it was this, the dollars that we're talking about here are four separate city of Vancouver departments and six provincial ministries. It, there could be BC Housing involved. In regard, it, is, there are, it is BC Housing involved in regards to some of the housing societies. Do you think that just by even releasing this, and I don't you can call it a leak or whatever you want to call it, that it is political by the very fact that it was released. Yeah. Again, you know, reflecting on the on the on the global story, I, I note that it was the uh, official leader of the opposition that was interviewed on this, and I, I don't know whether Mr. Falcon had had a chance to see this report yet himself. Um, but I, I thought it was interesting that 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 he was able to comment on on the substance of of this report. That again, nobody on 
Vancouver City Council, as far as I'm aware, has seen this report. Um, it does seem quite political. Yeah, on the on the on the shortly after inaugurating a brand new uh, city council that was, for the most part, endorsed by the Vancouver Police Union, and um, in the framing that sort of puts this in 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 the light of downtown Eastside, and obviously we know that that Ken Sim and, and ABC have promised a lot more investment in in policing. Um, and we have to recognize that with that increased investment in policing and the inevitability of, of, of cuts to the budget in order to pay for that, because I think uh, ABC and Ken have, have also promised to, to lower taxes, that we may be faced with some kind of scenario where they're looking to cut social services in the city of Vancouver. And and I, I do believe that uh, I, I'm not a defund the police guy at all, but I, I do recognize that we need to do a lot of upstream in, interventions in order to prevent some of those those downstream impacts that we need to police. So when it comes to issues like poverty reduction and early childhood intervention and support for seniors and support for libraries and support for all those things that kind of actually mitigate otherwise what would be, um, you know, policing and, and, and criminal justice interactions, uh, I think that's where uh, the rubber hits the road when it comes to kind of these austerity measures that get proposed in in, in what I'm feeling is coming from this report, again, based on what I've read, uh, just glancing through the Edmonton report that they had produced uh, a couple of years ago, talking about a $7.5 billion uh, social service audit mm-hmm. uh, in Edmonton. Yeah, I'm just looking at the, it is, it is an, there is an 11 o'clock press conference tomorrow uh, specific to this report. Hopefully more information comes out. I'm just curious, but, you know, I remember as a reporter in the 1990s, there's always that one number thrown out, a billion dollars spent in the downtown east side alone when it comes to the federal, provincial, municipal funding. Um, do you do you think at the end of the day, though, that there is that frustration from the public that we as taxpayers spend a lot of money and people don't have a problem spending that money, but that we aren't getting better at this. The amount of money we spend, yet we see more tents, where there's issues of mental health and addiction, there are issues of public safety, ad nauseum. It goes on and on and on. And some of it, yes, can be exacerbated by COVID, so be it. But it just seems like we are not tackling this problem. We're not getting ahead of it. What do you say to that argument that, you know, it's $5 billion or $4 billion. People just generally feel the dollars that we have thrown at this problem, it's not well spent. Yeah, you know, again, <clears throat> framing that, I, I don't think it's five billion. I don't think it's four billion. I think that those are grossly exaggerated numbers. But that said, I, I live, I live in the downtown east side. Mm-hmm. I've lived in the neighborhood for thirty years. I'm equally frustrated. And you know, I had a, a moment with uh, Chief Adam Palmer when we had a public safety forum uh, late in the last term, and, and and we both agreed at that public forum uh, on the need for like a Vancouver Agreement 2.0 kind of approach to the downtown east side because there are a lot of concurrent initiatives and spendings going on. There's a lot of overlapping. There's a lot of siloing. There's a lot of stuff that could be better managed as far as the downtown east side. And oftentimes it does feel like we're we're, we're, we're not spending money in, in, in the best possible way for the best possible outcomes. Um, but that's going to take really thoughtful and engaged kind of work, not – not work done by an Alberta-based for-profit corporation that that maybe doesn't have the boots on the ground. They may be taking a, a bird's-eye view and looking at, at strictly numbers and, and trying to crunch it that way or, or using data analytics or whatever it is that they're doing. But but this is complicated work, and we're dealing with you know vulnerable populations, trauma-informed situations, decrepit housing stock that is constantly being lost, you know, um, 
generational and systemic inequities that that do become manifest. And you know, one of the one of the things that we sometimes have a hard time rationalizing and, and understanding is that that those kind of traumas actually impact people's brain development from when they're children. So if you have generations going back with trauma, it actually it actually changes the way our brains develop when we're when we're infants. And that is that is a really critical distinction that we still haven't kind of overcome. So when we talk about, you know, like how much we're spending in the downtown east side, we need to recognize that we're we're catching up on generations of neglect. And we're also you know, we are we are the landing point for lots of the problems and, and vulnerabilities uh, and inequities from around the province. And it ends up it ends up on our streets. And I think that's, you know, a big it, part of this as yeah. well. It's not, you know, people, we're not making these problems as much as we are receiving a lot of these issues. Vancouver is always, so. yeah, it's overrepresented. And I don't disagree with you on that. Final question, i got about a minute here. Uh, Mayor Sims' key proposal during the election campaign was 100 new police officers, 100 new mental health nurses. Will that, even in the short term, have an impact on some of these things that you and I have talked about today, or do you have little faith in that actually accomplishing anything? I mean, you know, if if, if he could if he could snap his fingers and make that happen, then then maybe it would. But the reality is, is that you know we don't have a hundred cops. We definitely don't have a hundred nurses, sort of at the beck and call. And and how are we going to pay for them? I don't disagree though that we do need some more thoughtful mental health interventions. We do need some more kind of health oriented interventions. Um, and we do need to restore sort of uh, order in public safety because, you know, the, the, the public safety issues are real. And, and you know, the, the people who are often most impacted are, by those kind of public safety issues are the most vulnerable folks who are living in the downtown east side. And I don't deny that it's happening across our city. And there's a lot of folks, anti-Asian hate, all the stuff that's happening. But spare a thought for the folks who are who are super vulnerable and poor and maybe Asian, maybe indigenous, maybe just poor, yeah. who are in the downtown side and constantly victimized that way too all right uh counselor fry thank you so much for your time look forward to having you on again really important issue and we will chat about this again i promise you thanks so much thanks jess